Today we're brought to you by Locker Room by Lids at Macy's. It's like having a Lids store in the middle of a Macy's. Perfect shopping experiences to outfit the entire family for your favorite sports team headwear and apparel. Locker Room by Lids at Macy's. Your soccer international football headquarters for jerseys, apparel, and more. The global sporting event of the year is upon us. You know what it is. Represent your country in style at, Lock- at Locker Room by Lids at Macy's. Nike jerseys for Brazil and Portugal, Adidas jerseys for Mexico, Argentina, and Germany, all available. Macy's.com slash lids is your one stop to represent your team and your style for the largest sporting event in the world. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to be us. It's Devil Wears Prada, rewatchables, coming up right now. Who's Miranda? She's the editor-in-chief of Runway, not to mention a pigeon. Work a year for her and you can get a job at any magazine you want. A million girls would kill for this job. Who are you? Uh, my name is Annie Sachs. So you don't read Runway? No. And before today, you had never heard of me? No. You have no style or sense of fashion? Wow. Well, I'm sure. No, no. That wasn't a question. Amanda Dobbins is here. Julia Lipman is here. We've been circling this one for a while. I've been circling this I for my whole life. I haven't seen a look on your face like this ever. This is. I, I feel like I, like we're gonna shoot money at you or something. You're just super excited. I'm trying to keep like a low, you know, low expectations. I'm trying not to to get too worked up, but okay. it could be said that I have been training my whole life for this moment, and wow. it's all downhill after wow. this. Wow. Yeah. And Juliet, as usual, just kind of lukewarm, and we had to talk her into something. It's, <laughs> unless it's the OC or the three other things she likes, she's never all the way in. That's not fair. I have a lot of things I care passionately about. I like this movie a lot. It's just not one of, like, my movies, and that's okay because I can support Amanda and her endeavors without, like, having to fight for airspace. I don't understand space. it. I don't... They're, 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 as usual, there's some story and some slight from your past that made you not like this movie. <laughs> this movie has everything you like. Two things. I have two theories. Okay. Number one, as we learned with the whole Sex in the City drama, which if I may just out you right yeah, here, Juliet, not a Sex in the City fan. Outer. Bill and I were taken aback. <laughs> we support Juliet always, but we were surprised to learn. So but, I haven't told you. Yeah. I'm rewatching it. Yes. I'm in the middle of season two. Okay. I keep falling asleep. <laughs> You told me that, actually, yeah. Yeah, that show is there. What was the other reason? Well, no, so the reason that Juliet is not a Sex and the City person is in part because Juliet is a city kid. She grew up in New York, so the whole aspiration of, I'm in New York and I'm in a, you know, bright lights, I'm going to make it, doesn't appeal to Juliet the way it does to me. I don't want to speak for you, Bill, but, you know, maybe there is a little bit of romance to it. And the same is true. This Devil Wears Prada uh, fills that role for me, for sure. I like took a job at a women's magazine basically because of this movie. So wow, I, yeah. I mean, but in this sense of I saw it at a formative time and was like, oh, that's what you can do in New York. It's so exciting, and I feel like maybe it doesn't appeal to you. But I don't. But then why does Juliet like you got mail? That's explain that part to me. I like a very localized film about the Upper West Side, which is and that's a movie shot entirely from seventy second to ninety second. Right. Juliet's just weird. It's a- <laughs> Oh, yeah, the the other reason. The other reason is because Juliet's nice. That's the other reason. (laughs) Juliet is like at heart a really nice person. And so the meanness doesn't really speak to her. Mm. That is true. I'm just sort of like, if I was in her life, I'd be like, quit this job. No one should be, I don't know. Like, I don't get it. Well, she should quit this job because she's bad at it. But we'll get to that. Also, she went to Northwestern, which I didn't remember. Uh Uh-huh. 
And I also like, I have, I also went to Northwestern, but have extreme, <laughs> extreme uh, disdain for all of the journalism students at Northwestern, which I was not. I, I don't blame you. And we've hired a lot of them. The Medildos. <laughs> they're yeah. just like the worst. The, the Medildos. What's yeah. The Medildos. Because oh, they're in, in the Medill That's School great. of Journalism. Okay. That yeah. really makes me happy. Okay. Had either of you read the book that came out in 2003, three years before yes, this movie? Yes, I did not. Yes. Okay. It's definitely not as good. Uh, if you read the pieces about the adaptation process, they talk about how they had to throw out essentially half of the book because it didn't have the narrative arc that makes this worthwhile. It's basically a revenge plot for the assistant character. Right. And no one really cares about her. So four screenwriters worked on this, Juliet. So the film, they get Meryl Streep. Everybody yeah. gets super excited. Mm-hmm. I remember this 12 yeah. years ago. She normally does not make movies like this. We're going to talk about her career in a second. The film does great. Mm-hmm. Makes over $300 million. That's shocking. It's the most successful Meryl Streep normal movie ever. I don't know. Mama Mia might have made more, but that was a musical. I don't count right. musicals. Musicals okay. are like over there. Into okay. the Woods also did well, just for the record. <laughs> Again, we do not recognize musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the Into the Woods soundtrack all the time. Oh. <laughs> On the film's 10th anniversary of the Washington Post, Credited Miranda for the female anti-heroine, the rise that would come. Who Shows else? like I'd Olivia, it, Scandals, Olivia Pope, Cersei in Game of Thrones. Yeah, Say Miranda of. was the first one. Okay. Interesting the theory. Thing. It's an interesting theory. We'll get, should we get into it an hour later? Well, you can talk about the theory. Okay. Well, the problem with anti, anti-heroine implies that she's wrong. Miranda's not wrong. Mm. Miranda's good at her job and just mean. Okay. So I should be meaner is what you're telling me? I know. Everybody has a different style. It's about finding the style that fits you, which is what this movie's about. So you root for Miranda during this movie? Oh, 100%. Juliet? Hmm. Huh. I don't know if I do. I root for Emily Blunt, really. Well, sure. That's also... Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I think it's just like the best... The best Meryl performances, and we'll talk about that more, mm-hmm. are so clearly a character. And I didn't, and I think I don't like lose myself in it. But I, I like her. Her hair is just incredible. Well, let's really let's is. talk about Meryl Streep now. Okay, it's the perfect time to do it. I think this is my favorite Meryl Streep performance. A, mm-hmm. and then B. I actually think it's the best Meryl Streep performance because. She's usually at her best playing characters and throwing herself in and learning accents and doing right. all these weird wrinkles to it. This is just, I, I didn't think she could play somebody like this. Well, she kind of starts that phase of her career with with this role, right? Right. And then, she, and then she does Julia Child, and then she does Margaret Thatcher, and then she does The Witch and Into the Woods, which you guys didn't see, but <laughs> yeah. it was good. And it, it is like a, it's an inflection point, which I think is one of the reasons why it's like remembered so fondly because it, it sort of changed her course into a different type of actress. And, and it was an entertaining movie, which she... To be honest, she didn't make a lot of movies you would watch five times. It was not a fun type of. It was not actress. a rollicking career. Yeah, it was not like, hey, I'm going to throw in Sophie's Choice again today. Like you, <laughs> that's a movie you watch once, one right. time. Silkwood, you might watch one and a half times, right. but you go through her career. And I've watched just Hartford many times, but everyone else hated it. So well, and, and Juliet likes uh, the what's I the, love r- the River, River Wild, the River Wild, Trader. yeah, and it's, Kevin Bacon. It's great, but also I can't watch that too many times. I oh, I've seen out. it several. I'll never go whitewater rafting ever. <laughs> I remember having a surprisingly positive experience with the Bridges of Madison County. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, a Robert movie I'd never watch again. Yeah, but that no. movie was was really solid. But this one is uh, 
the definition of a rewatchable. You can hop in at any time. I really enjoy Streep. I like young Anne Hathaway in a big breakout role. Mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, who was basically picked out of the parking lot. Yeah, I'm hearing this, and I want to hear this. I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. I had forgotten that this was her first movie. <laughs> yeah. Because now Emily Blunt is so cemented in pop culture, and yeah. her career is so established, and also just because she seems so fully formed in this movie. That I had forgotten. It's we'd never seen her before. It's amazing that they saw her in a parking lot yeah. and heard her talk and yeah. asked her to do a reading. I mean, Where she was crazy story. She was auditioning for Aragon. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that worked out for her. Worked out indeed. I think the anti heroine thing is interesting. I wouldn't call Miranda an anti heroine, mm-hmm. not only because she's good at her job, but just mean. But it's also I, I think what's different about her is it's like the first like quote unquote lady boss that people were like, yeah, you go girl. Like who yeah. before that, who were like the great pop culture female bosses that weren't like overly sexual and like harassing people at work. Sexually so, harassing. So people. we don't get to count Amanda from Melrose place. Well, that's why I said the sexual harassment <laughs> part. <laughs> or, or Valerie Malone, the owner of the after dark. Oh yeah. So those were the first two. <laughs> yeah. The they, first two bosses. Yeah. And uh, Murphy Brown was another. But that was like a very different type. Susan Day on L.A. Law, I guess, was a high-powered attorney. But like- There weren't Ali- a lot of great female parts for years and years and yeah, years. Yeah, the professional woman was like much more Ally McBeal leading into this or movie. Or working girl. Or right. Yeah, Andy Griffiths, thinking, a or jackass. Or you're a Sigourney Weaver it. and you're also a jackass. Fantastic yeah. movie, by the way. It's the best. I it's a, really That's a good one. That girl. one's aged really nice. It's a wonderful portrayal of Staten Island. The hottest the- Harrison Ford that has ever happened. Anyway. So I'm not here to say this was the best acting performance because I'm sure somebody could say one of the other ones. She's won three Oscars, 21 Oscar nominations. Yeah. That's kind of staggering. Staggering. That's like LeBron-esque. It'd be like if LeBron played for 15 more years or something. But uh, the two, I think my favorite performances are this one and Kramer versus Kramer, which as a child of divorce, and that movie came out right as my parents were getting divorced. And um, I did not have the same situation where my mom just left for five months but she's just great in that movie and it's a character you want to just hate and despise but by the end you feel bad for her well when I was researching for this I read an old Meryl interview where she actually compares the two roles she says Devil Wears Prada it's like this is like the role I played in Kramer vs. Kramer where you're supposed to hate the character instantly and the challenge for Meryl is to present some sort of humanity or present some reason to actually invest in this truly hateable character which is smart and a good way of looking at it but I also I know that you love Kramer versus Kramer so I do she's also you would would almost not believe they're the same person oh absolutely yeah I think Kramer versus Kramer she's just like 70s early 20s um she had a very different vibe back then I think about her in Manhattan as well it's like a small a small role but she steen steen stealer in that deeply weird movie which is also visually stunning, but she she just was like a, a different type of energy. It's yeah. it's like pretty cool how she's evolved over the course of her professional career. It's very very difficult to achieve in Hollywood as a woman. It doesn't seem like she's like out of control, fun to work with. Oh, even even reading this story is like there's some story Anne Hathaway told on a TV show two years ago on a talk show about the scene where they have to drive in the car in Paris. Mm-hmm. Right, filming that for a while. And they were just driving around the same block and they would like, there would just be silence and she would try to make small talk with her. Meryl would shut it down. Okay, well, (laughs) two things about that. 
Anne Hathaway's a method actress, so maybe she was the annoying one because she was playing her role. Oh, it's okay. I, I say that as, a, as an Anne Hathaway fan, but I'm just saying maybe she was being Andy, who's kind of annoying. And uh, number two, I think that you just got to get uh, Meryl Streep in the right mindset because there are, not to keep bringing it up, but there are great stories about Christine Baranski and Meryl Streep like partying together and closing down the pubs in London when they were filming Mamma Mia. Really? Yes. They like have like a great time together. No, I mean, Christine Baranski does seem like a great time, but at least she was able to get it out of Meryl. What I do think- we know about Meryl Streep's husband? He's a sculptor. I, here's, can I share a personal story? Please. Only time I've ever interacted with Meryl Streep, I was, I went to a performance of Gypsy when it was on Broadway, like eight, nine years ago. And I wound up being seated literally next, the seat next to me was Meryl Streep. And then she was there with all of her daughters and her husband. They seemed like a very, very happy, close-knit family. They were, the she was cuddling with her daughters during intermission, but not in like a gross way, just in an affectionate yeah. way. Uh, they seemed extremely charming and normal and like he didn't want anything to do with the spotlight. Meryl, meanwhile, every single time anyone in the theater would laugh, you know, there was a laugh line and the whole theater laughs and then there was a pause and then Meryl would do her low throaty laugh that echoes through the entire oh, theater. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was just like, I am Meryl Streep and now my laugh will, everyone will take a moment for my laugh. Drowning my laugh. Yeah, it was very great. But I think the husband, it, it just hides in the shadows. And it seems like she stayed, I didn't realize she stayed in LA basically. She wasn't one of those actresses like Angelina Jolie, like flying to Hungary for a movie yeah. and flying. She basically said for, I don't know how many years, like if I do this movie, it's got to be in LA or it's got to be close to LA. So it does seem like her kids turned out pretty normal. One went to Northwestern, Mamie. Not a Medildo? No, she was in the theater school, which is <laughs> like very... Mm. For actors and actresses, a a good place to be. And the other is Grace, who is absolutely stunning. And in one of my favorite movies, Frances Ha. I like them both. Mamie Gummer should have worked on the Shonda show off the map, but Mm. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to see 21 Oscar nominations again. No. And I think part of it was because there was this 20-year stretch where there were just no good parts for women. Yeah. So it's almost like she was LeBron in the East, just automatically the final four. Yeah, she could drag any movie to the Oscar conversation. Yeah, there's some right. there's some Oscars that she or movies that she got nominated for. You were like, oh, really? I'm not sure she needed to win for Iron Lady. No, I think she should have won for this. Uh, you, Iron Lady was one of those consolation you've been. Nominated. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, because she should not have won for Iron Lady. Right, but she should have won for this. She lost to Helen Mirren in The Queen. That's a pretty good performance. It's a pretty good performance. It is good. I, That's quite, by the way, quite a battle. Helen yeah. Mirren versus Streep with two iconic roles. I'm open to it. I would rather have gone with Streep. The other ones were Penelope Cruz in Volver, Judy Dench notes in a scandal. And then Kate Winslet got nominated for Little Children, which I did not remember. Anne Hathaway not nominated for this. She had to wait for Rachel's getting married a couple of years later. That's a good movie. She plays a bad she's sister. Really good in that yeah. Movie. yeah, she's good in it. Do you think uh, that this movie gets nominated now? Like they just put it in another 100%. Night? Well, here's the best best yeah. movie. The Departed one, Babel, <laughs> Letters <laughs> Letters for Me with Jima, Little Miss Sunshine and the Queen. Kind of hard to believe Prada did not get nominated, but I do wonder if there's a rewatchability to it that makes it now that the years have passed and it just has this extra life. I think there's more room for like less serious movies these days and among Academy more voters. Now they're yeah. 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 In the current era, it definitely gets nominated. I remember really, really liking this movie when I saw it. And it wasn't like, oh, the third time. 
I remember just, I went with my wife and just, mm-hmm. we went, we're at the Grove. We were just super happy after. I was like, well, that's yeah. a good movie. Good times. Yeah. Um, Emily Blunt, not nominated. Not nominated, not known. Bullshit. She's great. Best supporting actress, Jennifer Hudson, Dreamgirls. That huh. one scene was really good. And I'm telling you, I'm yeah. not going? Yeah. yeah. She's good in it. It's, I'm so, not mad at it, but, she, you know. Before we get to the categories, is this one of the 21st century's best movies? I'm just talking about from well acted, well done, resonates, has a shelf life, still going on cable mm-hmm. all the time, 12 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a lot of money. If you're just like checking all these different boxes of what makes a good movie, it's weirdly in the conversation. It didn't do well from an award standpoint, but uh, a, a great star at the peak of her powers, another great younger star on the rise, and then another, another younger one, and then Adrian Grenier. Oh, man. Am yeah, I allowed to, to get to him? Am I allowed to even answer this question? I mean, I think we know. I think yes. Well, I'm Great, talking the greatest movie. Yeah, we, Social Network and Almost Famous and Departed and like, there's just certain movies that seem to have kind of, kind of kept their They're steam. In and the this fabric. is one of them. Yeah, yeah. But it, I don't think people expected that in 2006. No, it definitely no. seemed like a movie for women. But I think one of the reasons it's successful is men like it a lot too. Why do men like it? Like, what's the appeal to you? Uh, Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> and I like I like the dynamics and I like people being mean. And who doesn't like a good makeover yeah, scene? Who true. doesn't like a whole, let's try some dresses on? I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Did this movie bring back bangs for the latter half mm. of the decade? Because mm. mm. she has good ones. after She has bad bangs, then she goes to good bangs. I think the bangs are always going in and out. Got and it. Have, All right. It's... Very little to do with movies and everything to do with people breaking up and being like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try bangs. It's never a good idea. Yeah, it's never a good idea. Even on Anne Hathaway, I was like, you can do better. Yeah. I The thing about this, and I think the reason that it's lasted, it is very hard to do something as commercially appealing well. You know, and this is, yeah. it is the best case version. And obviously it's fun and driven, women driven, and there's a makeover scene, but as you noted, the performances are much better than they usually are in this type of movie. It helps that Meryl Streep is in it, but Stanley Tucci and Hathaway, Emily Blunt, it's really stacked. The script sneakily- Grenier. Yeah, the script- No, we're going <laughs> to talk about that. The script is really smart. Yeah, I agree. And it's so easy to phone these movies in. And, and you I- left out, there's the music is like- None of those songs are awesome songs, but as a soundtrack, it makes sense. Like, it makes sense that Madonna's Vogue pops yeah. up yes, at one that's point, the, you know? I'm going to say that soundtrack moment is very good and the rest of it sucks. That's one of my No, but it concerns. feels like the movie. Like, I hear that. It's I didn't like moment. that Suddenly I See, whatever that song yeah. is. Yeah, the Katie Tensel song. In this song. movie, it kind of makes sense. It's like Anne Hathaway's walking on the street. Katie yeah. Tensel had a really big 2006 because she was prominently featured in Grey's Anatomy as well. Oh, so, yeah. So the, the double of uh, Grey's and Devil Wears Prada really shot her to fame. I like that the songs sound like they are 2006 songs, except for Madonna Vogue, but that's intentional. It's own important, whatever. And the other thing with Hathaway, she's very comfortable not being attractive. And I don't mean like looking attractive. I mean, like she's, she'll do the ugly duckling thing. Right. And Rachel's getting married. Like she just looks like a mess the whole time, but it's kind of, she's just cool with it. I think when you know you. I think she's. I don't want to say there's like a bravery to it, but she's just really comfortable not looking like a, a polished actress. I too don't want to say there's a bravery to it because I think that she just <laughs> yeah. knows that she's beautiful all the time. Yeah. And there's not much you can do to make her like not but really pretty. I Yeah, but 
I don't know, those sweaters and the bangs. Yeah. When she kind of blossoms in the second half of the movie, it was almost more effective. I didn't feel like it was an actress trying to play unattractive. She has a way of carrying it that you really believe it's the person. She has I guess a is my point. certain awkwardness of yeah. person, of yeah. personality that has it doesn't really match her looks. And if I looked the way she did, I would not feel at all awkward. I would feel fantastic all of the time. But I know what you mean. There is a presence, and she's a little. Well, you know, you know, what it's like when you see when you see like a girl in high school who's pretty but doesn't realize it yet, and they're still growing in their body. Yeah, she can actually act like that in a movie. Yeah, and carry that sort of whatever. Right. I think also you have to remember she's very young at this point. She's basically only done Princess Bride yeah. and other. This Princess is her Diaries. first. Uh, so, yes, sorry, Princess Diaries and, and the terrible sequel. Princess Diaries 2. Chris Pine is in that, so please have some um, respect. The Simmons family likes yeah. that movie. Not me. But, the, the ladies in the Simmons family. <laughs> this is her first, quote, grown-up role. So she, you, we forget that now because she's become Anne Hathaway, but I think some of it is also See, just getting her Do you think legs. she would play a role like this where she... Now I feel like she's a famous actress. I'm not sure she throws caution to the wind like this. I think the Ocean's 8 role was like in the mm-hmm. same vein, was like a more grown-up version of a similar type. Right. Um, and also like had the same like similar um, surface frivolity to it. So I think there's still room for her to like have fun. I just worry the Oscars kind of damaged her a little bit. They she did took for a such while. shit for that. I, but I think Ocean's 8 is a real turning point again for her. I think the Ocean's 8 performance is she is basically getting the Miranda part now. Yeah. Which is fun. And she's having a lot of fun with it. All right. Good. Yeah. Because I think so, she's important. I, I was worried I the her. last couple of years. Great actress. And who could have predicted Emily Blunt was Gonna like kind of steal her star a tiny bit. I could I after watching Emily, this movie. I would argue Emily Blunt might be a more bankable A list actress. She's certainly done more movies that succeeded. I mean, you know, my my I Super Bowl is coming. Mary Poppins, Lin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> and Emily Blunt. See you never. I'll be at the movie theater for it's the rest a, of my she life. Had a is tough that, run, though. That's a real thing. Oh, it's a real thing. It's in the can. It's coming soon. Edge of Tomorrow was like one of the biggest cruise movies of the last 20 years. That's true. But before that was Adjustment Bureau. And there was a real. What about the horror movie that just came out? A Quiet Place. That's great. She's on the way Two back up ones. as well. But there there was kind of a rocky period. Really? In terms of blockbusters. Yeah. I mean, not what, that I'm holding it against what her. Was her. She was great. What was her rom-com? Juliet, Queen of the Rom-coms. Um, Did she have one? I don't think so. This was it, maybe? Off the top of my head, I can't. She didn't do like a Bride Wars. No, that was Anne Hathaway. That movie's awful. It's pretty That's funny. That's a bad. Though. That talk about bad banks. Yeah, Kate Hudson. It's really true. Kate One Hudson, of the worst haircuts ever in a movie. She only Kate is, Hudson oh, Bride Wars. Five year engagement. Oh yeah, was Emily that Bond's was terrible. Mom, not good. Yeah, that wasn't good. That was tough. But you know, it was that, and then right We've, before that was Adjustment Bureau. She had Girl on the Train a couple years ago, which was supposed to be her big Gone Girl moment, and that did not pan out. That movie was quite bad. So if she's in Gone Girl, that would have been fun. She would have been great in it. She would have been really good. I agree. I don't don't know what happened to Rosamund Pike. I was buying stock after Gone Girl, and she was never seen again. She's made a couple bad ones. She was in Beirut with John Hamm, which like was out for a week. The reviews are pretty good. Yeah. But it's like already on uh, Apple. All right. We should talk about categories. All right. Let's do it. But first, we're taking a break. Hey, if you love to score amazing deals and incredible hotels, you will love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool top-rated hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at hotels you actually want to stay at. No more scrolling through endless lists of choices. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, 
They're not just for last-minute bookings. You can book in advance, perfect for planners and procrastinators alike. Hotel Tonight, perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways. Staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. So easy to use. Book hotels in 10 seconds to just three taps and a swipe. There's even the HT Perks program, where the more you book, the better the deals get. As you've heard me say on my podcast, the BS Podcast, many times, I have used Hotel Tonight multiple times for soccer tournaments in the Southern California area in undisclosed locations. You could be like me. Get the Hotel Tonight app right now. Start scoring amazing deals in incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. And since we're here, I co-hosted Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. If you love sports gambling on this week, another BS podcast coming on Friday. And then next week on the Rewatchables, we are doing Jaws. And if you want to read about NBA free agency and everything that's about to happen this weekend, you can listen to the Ringer NBA show podcast or read the ringer.com. Check that out. All right, back to the rewatchables. All right, we're back categories. Feel free to throw in some suggestions. Most rewatchable scene. Mm-hmm. She almost let Dobbins pick. She's going to take sure. any answer that's not her own personally. Here are some of the candidates. Andy's makeover. Who doesn't like good makeover? Can't can't argue. I have, one, I have a note. Yeah. Okay. Initial outfit. Horrible. Horrible. Like that's just for that oh, first. Oh, the first. With yeah, the, the Chanel boots? Yeah. Hate it. Oh, hate I that like ja- that one. I hate that jacket. Okay. Well, I would wear it. Too- if anyone wants to send that to me, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Too many studs on it. The I have to get a book, the Harry Potter book scene. That's my, that's really my show. Really strong. Really good. Really strong. Bummed out Miranda without makeup. That's the Oscar real moment for sure. Very sad. Yeah. Very good. Good one. And then uh, the Paris double cross. Uh, really? She'll make, she'll make it up to me. So you're you're kind of heavy on the second half of the movie. No, I love the first half of the right. movie. I just think that they're, some of the stuff in the second half is really sure. good. There are, t- there are two iconic scenes. Let's go. Number one is the blue sweater speech. Stuff? Oh... Okay, I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet and you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who showed cerulean military jackets? I think we need a jacket here. Mm. And then cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. Number one, that is just a great... Meryl Streep putting people in her place scene. I yeah. just feel exhilarated every time I watch it. It's like it's like my Braveheart speech. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I told you guys this means a lot to me. They should play it on the scoreboard during basketball <laughs> yes, games. I'm ready. But also, that'd be weird. That 
that scene has kind of, that lives outside the movie now. A lot of people re- will reference it as this is how the fashion industry works. And it's obviously a simplified version. But, I, you know, I've had conversation with my in-laws who are lovely people who don't care at all about any of these topics. Yeah. And they cite this scene as like, oh, I know what you're talking about because it's like the blue sweater in The Devil Wears Prada. And it has become kind of its own okay. buzzword moment. What was your other scene? The other one is the Stanley Tucci speech. Yeah. Wake up, sweetheart. This is a place where everyone else dreams to work and you only deign to work. You think this is just a magazine? Hmm? This is not just a magazine. This is a shining beacon of hope for, oh, I don't know. Let's say a young boy growing up in Rhode Island with six brothers pretending to go to soccer practice when he was really going to sewing class and reading Runway under the covers at night with a flashlight. You have no idea how many legends have walked these halls. And what's worse, you don't care. Because this place, where so many people would die to work, you only deign to work. He's really good in this movie. He's so really you're like good the in this movie. the inspiration of the movie for no, Rewatchable Saints. Well, sure, but I actually think it was funny to watch this now. And this movie came out in 2006 before we had the concept of... Did we have millennials in 2006? No. I mean, we existed. We, did, we didn't know what we were. Yeah, but did did we blame millennials? One of my favorite for, years, 2006. Yeah. It was a good one. <laughs> it was. Did we blame... We didn't blame millennials and their terrible work ethic and their entitlement and everything yet in 2006. No, we didn't. Did we? No, we didn't. But we, okay. should, we should have. We should have known that the right. writer's strike was a precursor of what's to come. Sure. Millennials have good work ethic. They're just entitled. I Sure, but... The Anne Hathaway character is kind of the proto-millennial. And Stanley Tucci is giving her the speech of this is a job. You got to it's it's that's what the money's for before. That's what the money's for. That's a good point. That's and a good I, point. I think it's kind of five years ahead of all of the think pieces about how our generation. I'm a millennial. I don't know why I'm othering them, but about how our generation is terrible and the real way to do a job. So I think that that scene is very smart. All the people writing those pieces are people who are way older than the millennials. So. It's true. It's true. M- much like Amanda in real life, you like tough love in this movie mm-hmm. is, wh- is what you're saying. That's true. <laughs> you yeah. like all the tough love scenes. You're like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. It's going to be tough, but you're going to be better on the other side. And I'm doing it because I care. Yes. Yeah, that's We're true. We're really getting a window into your leadership <laughs> style. <laughs> Miranda's your hero. Your two favorite speeches are her dressing down people. Well, now we know. But she's right. Um, all right. So what's the answer? Julia, your tiebreaker. I I like the Harry Potter scene um, because I like seeing her be like industrious. And I love the green dress that she's wearing throughout that whole sequence. I do want that dress. <laughs> Me too. It's I was, really good. I was like, still works. She looks yeah. really good. I would minimize the belt. It's a little large. Yeah. So that was a phase that mm-hmm. anthropology also really it. pushed yeah. that is now over yeah. the um, cinching your waist. And we've moved back to the shift in the A-line dress. Sure. But it still looks great. Yeah. You guys might as well be speaking swahili <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, what's age the best? Nominees, feel free to throw in your own. Okay. The boss being mean to an assistant plot. It's mm. just great. Mm-hmm. I'm always ready for it. Mm-hmm. Also realistic, I think. Super yeah. realistic. Yeah. It should be applied in like once a year. Some movie should have Have you it. seen Set It Up? So, no. It's great. But that's the plot, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's two assistants. This week. Who, yeah. The I really enjoyed it. Juliet is going to revisit it. I'm going to revisit it. I wasn't giving it my full attention. Right. Um, Meryl Streep is aged the best in this movie. Yeah. Meryl Streep's hair. That's true. Very she looks great. just stylish and cool mm-hmm. and probably her best look. Uh, Emily Blunt breakout role. Mm-hmm. 
Anne Hathaway's pre-makeover clothes are really fantastic. How they came up with those sweaters and just... The shoes are really Everything's bad. really, really smart. Those, uh, those are Steve Madden-esque loafers. Yeah. Of a, Where do you stand on black tights with slingback heels? A hard no. Hard no, because I couldn't believe they let her do that in the movie. Yeah. That was bad. What else has aged the best for you? So one of the things I was going to say was the whole millennial presentation. Mm. This idea that of how people work at the office in that generation. So foreshadowed the yeah, millennial it's generation. Extre- it's very prescient. I'm going to say that Anna Winter's reputation has really aged the best as, as a result of this because this this book was written by a former assistant to Anna Winter who's the editor-in-chief of Vogue. Yeah. And at the time, there was a lot of hand-wringing. It was very mean to Anna. She was kind of the ice queen. Uh, everyone thought she was terrible. And... With the help of this movie, Alison Herman wrote a great piece about this for The Ringer. Because of this movie now, Anna Winter is loved and is really successful and everyone wants to everyone wants to be like her, to borrow a line from the movie. And that was not the case when it came out. I still don't feel it's the case. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not positive that's the case. I think more so than at the time. Right. I, th- I think it's also like... Um, there's just something to aspire to that you didn't know. Yeah. Even even like that's not what I aspire to yeah. for women who want to work in media, who want to be powerful, who want to have an influence on both like high fashion and low fashion, high culture and low, col- low culture. They know who to look at for that role. And that is the Anna Wintour slash um, Miranda Priestly. So somebody could just do a sequel that's with Teen Vogue, right? Well, I think we learned from the Hills that it's hard to replicate the power of of uh, Anna Wintour. Lisa Love didn't really bring it in the same way. Yeah, Lisa Love. That yeah. was rough. I mean, how do you not fire Lauren for letting her friends into the party, you know? Miranda Priestley would never have stood for that. <laughs> she, she would have been out immediately. I think anyone who was in a boss capacity who appeared on the Hills came out came out worse. Um, who was the other guy? who Brent, Brent Bauhaus or whatever that guy's <laughs> Brent name? Bolthouse. Brent Bolthouse. No longer a part of SBE. I think he got bought out by oh, the I other guy. I can't believe it. He, se- he seems so stable. <laughs> what a shock. So, uh, so what age the best for me? I don't know. I would just go bot the boss being mean to an assistant. I just really, mm-hmm. I think this movie did the best version of that that I've seen. I agree. I think so too, because if you're able to sympathize with the boss and they're doing something right and we are able to sympathize with her, at least the mechanics of the office, all yeah. that stuff. What's age the worst? I only have two nominees for this and we could get into both of them. This seems like the right spot. One is Adrian Grenier. Who's, not just a poorly written part, but he's bad in it. He's like Vince Chase being new, in a bad yeah. movie for Entourage where he's going through personal life stuff and he's just not good. I never believed that him and Anne Hathaway should be romantically never. involved. There's no sexual tension. Never. It's it's just an awful performance. Every scene he's in, he's bad. It's a really bad performance. I will say that... Character-wise, I don't think you're supposed to believe that Anne Hathaway cares about that person. It's a really classic college boyfriend that you drag into your early 20s life, and mm. then you're like, oh, no, this has been a mistake. I should have cut him out. Maybe, maybe there are other fish in the sea. But again, he's so bad, and they have no chemistry that it doesn't really matter. It's almost like they should have made that character foreign or something to at least make him stand out in some way, because the only way he stands out is that one scene... <laughs> What is he talking about? The the, the balsamic wine reduction? <laughs> poor wine reduction. So, so, your poor wait, wine reduction. Him, him being a cook is interesting because that is also a little right. early for like the yeah. the food as craft phase. And I think they're supposed to be like both passionate about like their their crafts or whatever. 
and he's not a sellout, but she is. But it just like doesn't, just does not work. Can I also just say, I only noticed this on this most recent rewatch. His character works at Bubby's. Yeah. Do you guys know what Bubby's is? Yeah, of course. It was like the original hip tribe, not the original, but. Harvey Keitel is a co-owner. Yeah, when Tribeca started becoming kind of a buzzy, annoying place, celeb, celeb center, Bubby's was like at the center of that. So it's very funny to me now that he works He's first of all, I don't think they have port wine reduction on the menu at Bubby's, no. but anyway, I like that he's always available at night for some reason, even though he's a he's chef. A chef like, I know. They never should have seen each other ever. Yeah, in, in, actually, uh, their schedules would have worked out well. They both got home at like one a.m. Do you think he should have just been in the credits as Vincent Chase for this instead of Adrian <laughs> Grenier? Put a pen They could have made it like part of Entourage season six. Yeah. I'm filming this movie with Anne Hathaway. They made my role They shitty. would do that now. That's the kind of synergy that would happen yeah. in 2018. The yeah. other one that has not aged the best. Nigel, the hot shit reporter. Right. Yes. Um, Simon Baker. So yeah, let's let's talk this out. I we I was gonna do this in picking nits, but we might as well just. I have him in now. unintentional comedy. Okay. Well, he's on the side of a bus. What what writer in the history of New York? Carrie Bradshaw. I say there's only one. It's Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> but no real human being writer would ever be on the side no. of. A, I'm trying I feel to think. Like- Maybe there was a time Liz in Smith? 98 when Jay McInerney was on the side of a bus. I feel like he's wow. supposed to be Jay McInerney. All right, yeah, so that's my so. first question. Second question, what what did he cover? I don't what know. What was his beat? Fashion? So a fashion reporter's on the side right. of a bus. This is, I can't name one fashion reporter. It's true. And then, I, yeah. and then he's at all these events, and he's this hot shot, and he's mm-hmm. a handsome dude, never has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Always available, always mm-hmm. by himself, ready to hook up with Andy. That is a bad character, but I still enjoy it. It's it's I a think fun. The bad. last part is unfortunately more realistic than always available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never has a girlfriend at every party. Is well, available to yeah. hit on Andy. I guess when you're yeah. on a bus, you don't need sure. a girlfriend. That's why you live in New York and go to parties because exactly. yeah. you don't have a, you don't need to or want to have a girlfriend. So yeah. do you think he went to Medill? No, 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 no. He's probably like too cool for that. Too suave. Northwestern's not a cool school. They made um, they made the media seem really cool with that character. There's no real actual human being who has that career. Every movie and TV show about the media makes it seem cool. And then you like join the industry mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, everyone here is nerdy. Right. Yeah, in and, real yeah. life, that guy's in the corner of the party on his phone tweeting about being at the party. And Definitely. And never meets Anne Hathaway. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else age the worst for you? I am really anti the soundtrack. I, I love it. I know. Well, you probably... You've probably seen it too many times, though. I have seen it a bunch of times. It's not very good. And this is part of just a larger complaint, which is that movies targeted to women, including Ocean's 8, just always have the most garbage, generic, top 40 soundtrack. And it's like, they're clearly on a budget. They're not paying enough. They think, oh, if this sounds vaguely like a deodorant commercial, then some people will be happy and see the movie who weren't going to see it before. And I just, you know what? Why can't we have the expensive music? That's, yeah. all, I have to, that's all I have to say. But the so mo- when they paid for Vogue, you were yes, excited. Yes, that's great. It's a great moment. Movies targeted at women, usually I think a lot of them start with good scripts, but then all the other pieces that go into making like a really high art film, mm-hmm. even for mass, mass enjoyment, like Ocean's Eleven, skimp out on like, a great DP on a great mm-hmm. soundtrack on like really important lighting. Like all of that stuff kind of just like becomes less important when you're trying to market it towards women. So I they, have a, yeah. they have a U2 song, but it's like not one of the it's good U2 the good songs. Ones. City of Blinding Lights. Yeah. Jamiroquai's in it, but neither of the really good Jamiroquai <laughs> songs. 
Um, Crazy by Alanis Morrison. I don't even know what that song is. It's from, it was from like that third album. Jamiroquai also is in a great women's movie. Center, Center stage. stage. And it will never be topped. Yeah, okay. so that's the climactic moment of yeah, that film. It's incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I, you've swayed me on the soundtrack. I liked it because it was so distinct to the movie, yeah. but you're right. It's distinct because it it's bad. It I think the Katie Tunstall song yeah. is good. It's a good opening note, and then it devolves. Have you guys seen A Lot Like Love? Of the course. lost great movie of the 2000s? Of course. Ashton Kutcher. Yes. Oh, wow. Amanda Peet. The, and they're driving along to the Chicago song. Yeah. Yes, that's an amazing scene. That movie has an amazing yes. soundtrack. That I would put so that good. soundtrack against almost anything. Amanda Peet's never done a bad thing in her life, so. That's a really good movie. That is uh, my wife, Carrie Simmons. Yeah. And that's in her, like, Desert Island movie. Was that a, is that a Benioff joke? My wife, Amanda Peet? My wife, Carrie Simmons? My wife, Carrie Simmons. Because <laughs> that's no, her full name. My wife, un- Amanda Pete. It was an unintentional uh, Carrie Simmons joke. But yeah, that that is a big movie in our house. Yeah. She's really good in it, too. I uh, think that's the closest she's come to being what we wanted from Amanda Pete in a movie. I think she's Whole Nine totally Yards. Got there. I Which like, one? I like her in Whole Nine Yards a lot. Okay. Uh, anything else aged terribly for you other than the soundtrack? I I had the concept of Adrian Grenier written down, so you covered That's good. It for you can me. have that in there. Yeah. Juliet? Uh, I wouldn't say he's aged the worst because he obviously went on to be in Mad Men, but the Harry Crane, Rich Summer appearance I had forgotten about. Yeah. And I was just like, this is really weird. I don't know. Everything with her friend group to me didn't age well. I was just like, how do these people know each other? Are they all the same age? They all seem to be different ages. I had this in Pick and Nits, but we can do this now. They're very boring. Also, like her best friend, Tracy Toms, who is only meaningful to the losers like me because she's in the Rent movie, um, is like, I'm just like, are are you her, her older like mentor? Like she just seems like she's living a totally different life. Yeah. It's a good point. None of those people would ever be together. Ever. They must have met in like college. It's the it's the college somewhere. leftover it's, situation. That's, yeah. Those transition times are awkward. It's and then it's like, hey, Rich Summer, you're gay, right? Okay, we got that over. Right. There's the gay friend. It's like yeah. never mentioned again. Also, it's almost impossible she wouldn't have any other friends who worked at like other magazines or something like or that. Or that she wouldn't have made a friend in the office. Yeah. Who doesn't make friends at work? I don't think she would have made friends. She could have made friends with like I, she wouldn't have made friends in yeah. Vogue. An intern? Yeah. No, no. Medill kids don't make friends like that anyway. Also, when, when she's the assistant, she's kind of she can't be fraternizing with the other people because she's supposed to be protecting the secrets. It's kind of an isolating position. She probably doesn't have friends. I didn't like the one friend who who went at her at the party. Lily, I didn't think that was good friend it's behavior. Not First of all, good friend behavior. No. No friend, I've never heard of a situation where a friend's not at least like, oh, yeah, well, he's kind of cute, but, uh, you know, you're in. But she's like immediately judging her and then calls her a glamazon. Yeah. What was that? It's rude. I don't know. I didn't. That was a weird scene. I thought of one more thing that hasn't aged well. Anne Hathaway's character is always wearing hats and they're not good hats. Yeah. The, The accessories in this movie are not on par with the rest of the style With the choices. multi-million dollar clothes budget. Yeah, the, and, and then they just like made all the jewelry out of plastic. That one Fendi bag that Miranda has yeah. at the beginning, I yeah. just was like, this. she would never carry some of that gauche, like ever. Yeah. I didn't think that. <laughs> all right, it's time for Casting What Ifs, presented by ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check out ZipRecruiter at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS if you want to have help hiring or if you want to be hired. So- Casting what if number one, you know who else was the choice for the role for Meryl Streep's role in Devil Wars Prada? Who was it? Do you know Juliet? No. Nobody. Nobody. Good. That was the only person they went to. That's correct. That was it. They were like, we're making this movie. We need Meryl Streep or maybe it's not worth doing. 
And they talked her into it. Amen. And as always with Meryl Streep, to her credit, got a little salty about the salary and made them pay her more. She's it's had a great, lot of those. Can I read that quote? It's really, really good. I wrote it down. Oh, great. Because this was in a piece in Variety. Not the, the only time she's done this, by the way. The offer was, to my mind, slightly, if not insulting, then not perhaps reflective of my actual value to the project. Nice. <laughs> so then they She was it. right. I mean- she probably got like what five million or six million. Four million is four what million? I read. I mean, that's half-assed internet research, but four million. I would say she was worth like twenty-five. That's were they still pay- paying people 30? twenty-five million in two thousand six? I don't know. If Cru- if Cruz was doing this, he would have gotten twenty in two thousand six. I agree. Why doesn't she do like the Reese Witherspoon production route? Like, why doesn't she start her own projects? Maybe she's she just like hanging out with her daughters. She, she wants, wants work. Yeah, she wants to be out with she Christine wants to be Baranski. Home, getting sculpted by right. her husband, going yeah. to Baranski. <laughs> so, right. Juliet, this is going to kill you. Okay. Rachel McAdams turned down the lead. She did. They went at her multiple times trying to get her to take it. Oh. She didn't want it. That's okay. I love Anne Hathaway. Okay. I, I, I think you love also- Rachel McAdams more. Don't pretend you don't. But she, but I, 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 I used to love Rachel McAdams, but I've learned that she's a real kook, and that just makes it hard for me. See, I always assume if you're an actress, you're a kook. Like, yeah. pre- it's almost like proof to me you're not a kook. That's a good point. Thank I would you. agree with that. Thank that's you. a good point. I think, first of all, we got Morning Glory. We got us. Morning Glory. So we got The Notebook. Good. We got Mean Girls. Right. Like, so I really have to watch Morning Glory. It's delightful. Your, you your wife and daughter yeah. will love Simmons it, like it? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. She so likes great. every movie. It's also great. A <laughs> great, discerning audience. Great ad for Hunter Welly boots. It's just, they look fantastic. That's it's re- It's really good. Okay. I really feel for Patrick Wilson. I wanted more for him. Oh my God. He must suck, right? Because he's so fucking handsome and everyone's attracted to him. No, I think he's fine. Let's just let him... Let's just say that Hollywood did him wrong. I don't want to think about any other alternatives. Okay. All right, fair Wait, enough. But the other thing, what's happening right now? You guys are having. I'm <laughs> not in this conversation anymore. Wait, are we? Are you for Patrick Wilson? Or yes. Against, oh, okay. Yes, but she was suggesting that maybe there was something. Maybe he was a bad person, and that's why he hasn't been successful. I just and think I he has bad choices. Yeah, I would agree with that. But then that suggests to me you don't get to have the top people around you helping you make the right choices because you suck. Well, maybe he should hire you guys. I, I, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Are you pro or against his girls episode? Extremely pro. pro. Naked ping pong, all pro. that stuff. Extremely pro. pro. Okay. You need yeah. more of that from Patrick Wilson. Yeah. I Also, when we were talking about little children, I need more of little children from Patrick Wilson without turning this into Actually, an R-rated I, experience. I like little children. I, I just don't know if she should have been nominated over Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I, I don't think so. It's a tough one. He's also great on Fargo. Like he, His season is really mm-hmm. good. We, we are, This is a Patrick Wilson podcast now. I love Kate Winslet. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get a rap for just loving Michelle Pfeiffer the most, but mm-hmm. there's other people I love, and Kate Winslet's one I of also them. love Kate Winslet. Yeah. Yeah, really she's like great. Her. I think she'd be a fun podcast. She's on my wish list. That would be great, Kate Winslet, I'd like to play the listening. IMDb game with her. Oh, I my God. I think that would be phenomenal. We can make that happen, yeah. do you think? You think so? Yeah. Think come on? Yeah. She's also definitely in the coot category, so I bet she's just like, sure, a podcast. In general, I want to do more podcasts with English people heading into 2019. That's I agree. That sounds fantastic. You Adele is on my list. How about British? So you can also have more British, well, whatever. British, and then that whole aisle area. Everything. If yeah. you have an accent, Scottish you might have would to be come good. Yeah. I feel like uh, you and Rose Leslie could have a great time together. That'd be good. Yeah, I just feel like you could have, you could just mix it up. Can Shersha just come back? I know she's Irish, but I, she was great. That was fantastic. Yeah, she was great. I really liked her. Yeah. Uh, Juliet Lewis and Claire Danes auditioned for the role of Andy. Did oh, not get it. They're Anne not Hathaway right. went very aggro trying to get the role, apparently. Huh. Um, yeah, the thing with did, the 
things over and over again and dressing like the character. There's also that story where she, someone, one of the casting people had a quote Zen sand garden, you know, those things on the desk in the 2000s. Yeah. And she wrote hire me into the sand. Yeah. Apparently. Sometimes we have to protect Anne Hathaway from herself. You know what? But that's why Anne Hathaway is good for this role. Yeah. And Rachel McAdams would not do that. And that's why Rachel McAdams was not right for the role. Thomas Lennon turned down Nigel oh. because of scheduling conflicts with Reno 911. That's Big funny. loss for Thomas Lennon. That's really funny. That's yeah. a tough one. That's it for uh, half fest internet research. Unfortunately, I I have a feeling there's not a lot of ca- or that was casting what ifs. There's not a lot of casting what ifs with newer movies. I think it takes a while for the internet to start making up stuff about who else was involved. Mm-hmm. So when it's only twelve years, there's only the actual info. The Dion Waiters Award given to the biggest heat check performance. I mean, is Emily Blunt even no, eligible? No, she's not okay, eligible. So then it's obviously Stanley Tucci. There's no other choice. I mean, he's not eligible either. Why not? Who's eligible? Please he's explain this. Every time I think I understand this award, we change the definition of it. No, we're not changing anything. It's a heat check award. It's <laughs> It can't be an integral part of the movie. It has to be somebody that comes in hot. Okay. And there's only one answer. Okay. Giselle. The other day we were in the beauty department and she held up the swimwear eyelash curler and said, what is this? <laughs> Incredible Giselle performance. Incredible. It's real. That's Left true. Left me wanting more. She probably she probably played six minutes. I think she had twelve points and ten rebounds. I didn't so I didn't know she like uh, what her voice sounded like except yeah. for in this movie. I was like, oh Giselle, that's you. Are there more Giselle scenes? Can they put them on the internet? Let's get a rough cut of I, just Giselle. She's never been this likable ever, ever. in anything. That's so true. good. I did like it when she yelled at people because her husband had a concussion. Possibly that was good. <laughs> I liked that one. And also, he can't catch the ball and throw it too. Yeah, that was yeah, that's pretty good. good. Feisty Giselle is good. Giselle, she could. They, she she should have been brought to Paris just to have Giselle in the Paris. Scene. Maybe they only had her for like a day. They I probably did. This is also a situation where we got just the right amount. I think you throw in five more minutes of Giselle, and the verdict really changes. Yeah, it left me wanting more. Yeah, exactly. That's definition of Deanne Waiters. Twi- Half-ass internet research. Anna Wintour reportedly really liked the movie despite initial skepticism and enjoyed Meryl Sheep for her, quote, decisive nature. Question for Amanda. Yes. Is Anna Wintour still married? No, she's in a long-time partnership. So was she at the time of this movie? Long-time partnership. Yeah, so this is in the tabloid, so I can just say it. She was divorced once because she was having an affair with oh. the person that she's currently with. Got mm. it. What year was that? I believe that was early 2000s. Because I think I think if you're not happy in your relationship yeah. and you are maybe a divorcee, mm-hmm. you like this movie less if you're Anna Wintour. So that's why I was asking. Okay. Don't you think that would be hard to watch? I think it would be tough, but I think since she was the instigator in sure. the breakup of her own marriage, again, this is just a... According to the New York Post, I wasn't there, but I think this, I really do think that at least within the fashion industry and the media industry, this movie has done so much to rehabilitate her uh-huh. and is also such a corrective to the book's portrayal of her Yeah, that she probably does like the movie. Zuckerberg, I think, probably ends up liking Social Network, especially because his seem stock smart. has dropped. Anna Wintour reportedly warned major fashion designers who had been invited to make cameos in the film that they would be banished from the magazine's pages if they did so. Oh. During the filming. Uh, We should mention, nobody knows if that's true or not, but Vogue and other major women's and fashion magazines 
avoided reviewing or even mentioning the book in their pages when it came out. So who knows? Huh. It's, I would believe that that's true. I think Meryl Streep was not on the cover of Vogue for a very long time after that movie came out. She mm-hmm. was recently, but I, I think that in the way that Anna Wintour does all things, there were some. That's why I like her. She's got some consequences in her. behind the scenes. Yeah. Six years after filming, Stanley Tucci married Felicity Blunt, Emily Blunt's sister. Great stuff. Wow, incredible. I believe I believe he broke up with Edie Falco for Felicity Blunt. Okay. Wow, Bill was just <laughs> is that working through a lot of emotions very quickly. I didn't there. know. I didn't know Stanley Tucci dated Edie Falco. I was trying they were to run married on that one. All right. The first bag we see Miranda carry is a Prada bag. Okay. Giselle Bunchen agreed to be in the movie only if she didn't have to play a model. Oh, see, Amanda knows all these. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Costuming, despite multiple designer loans, cost over a million dollars, and the costuming person, Patricia Field. She's an Oscar nomination. She's from Sex and the City. Yeah, she's very famous for Sex and the City. Is one million a I lot think it's low. when fashion is, quote, a character in the movie? That seemed low. I thought that would have been like 20 million. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing. Anne Hathaway really did go from a size six to a size four. I believe the filming. it. She's a method actress. Yeah. I hope she wasn't a method actress for Rachel's Getting Married. I yeah. bet she was. Yikes. Just like doing drugs and having sex with crew members? Yeah, probably. Oh, God. Poor Anne Hathaway. In, ni- in 2006, Meryl Streep disclosed to Variety that she took Miranda's soft speaking style from? Clint Eastwood. I love this one. No, this but is this good. is This really- is like a, the game show you <laughs> no, always should have been on. <laughs> no, but I, like, I think that one's really interesting because I do, and we can talk more about whether this is the greatest Meryl performance or whatever, but the choice that she makes to, to whisper throughout the movie and not be... A totally bombastic, bombastic, yelling, ranting, like outwardly terrifying person is, for me, what makes the performance and is very smart. And I do like that she took it from Clint Eastwood because he never speaks above a whisper and you have to lean in. It's very smart. It's a very smart. He said he said she said uh, he never, ever raises his voice. Everyone has to lean in to listen, which makes him the most powerful woman person in the room. Yeah. I might have to start doing this. I'm just going to I think that's low. a very well, insightful observation about power. I had a boss who did something similar and she didn't she did the same thing where like work. what? It didn't work. Well, no, where they they like they destabilize you by being like insanely calm. Like they cannot be shook. So like the fact that they are so calm all the time makes everyone else around them very unstable and like question themselves. That's what they, fantasy does. They have so <laughs> They have so much. We're finally out of fantasy yeah. secrets. <laughs> yeah, I it, it, I had a I wasn't referring to him, but I had a different boss that like mm-hmm. is just will be like sounds call like you, you're referring to fantasy. Just call mm-hmm. you and be like, this is like just walk you through his logic like beat by beat, and then to like make you feel like you're just like total failure because they're using like f- like false logic against you. When Miranda responds, everyone wants us. Everyone wants to be us. That was not the original line. What was it? Everybody Amanda. wants to be me. Amazing. It's a great improv. Meryl Streep changed it. She thought it was too self-involved and dramatic. Interesting. I like that. I still, I'm still on the corner of Meryl Streep. Probably not the easiest person to work with. Definitely not in this movie. But right, probably most of the time, but probably people leave the experience going, 
That was great. I'll never do that again. And this is why Hollywood's fucked up. Because you know who's definitely not fun or easy to work with? Danny Day-Lewis. You know who everyone's like, I'm so sad. He's retiring. What a great actor. Well, he, he just Danny seems Day-Lewis. like a maniac. But, I mean, like, like, but there's so many people like that. Like men sure. are respected for being method actri- actors and like asking for what they deserve. And Meryl Streep and every other, and Anne Hathaway are like, oh, they're problem children. It makes me so Meryl, mad. Are we, is Meryl a problem child? I feel no. like Meryl She's is not. the most respected She's not. of all You're right. the, But in yeah. general, but I just I think feel like. If you're directing Meryl Streep yeah. and she says that line doesn't work, let's change it to this. What do you do if you're the director? She's won like 20 Oscars. You're just like, okay, she's just Meryl. an anomaly though. Like, like there's no one you, else like her. Yeah. That's true. It makes me so mad. There's a deleted scene when there's something at a party and Miranda uh Anne Hathaway saves Miranda somehow and Miranda says thank you. Yeah. And they cut it out because it made her seem more likable and compassionate. It went on the internet two years ago and people lost their shit. All the Devil Wears Prada flunkies like like uh, Young Dobbins over here. <laughs> it me. Everyone was like, this changes the movie. I wish I I wish I could unsee this. I never watched the clip. You never I know, watched I know it. the so clip you, know you speak it. of, but okay. it's not. I don't want to be on that timeline. All right. That's how I feel about the extended cut of Almost Famous. It's on cable a lot. I'm just like, nope, don't want to see it. This is not for me. It's got like two great scenes in it, though. Really? I've never watched it. They, they I would say that's one of the better... Director's cuts. That and dis- Boogie Nights are the two best ones. Should we discuss that on the Almost Famous Rewatchable? Yeah, I'm waiting until you go away to like France for two <laughs> that's weeks. The, that's the cruelest thing <laughs> that I you told can you say, I, Juliet. If you do that, I will quit. So that's <laughs> fine. I think she would quit. <laughs> she would. Absolutely yeah. would. What would Miranda do? <laughs> well, it would depend on what Miranda she needs from like Juliet at any given to be moment. On a yeah. <laughs> Apex Mountain in Hathaway? No. What is? This is kind of what I was trying to think through. I, it's tough. The only other one you'd go with is Rachel's getting married, but that that wasn't like a I, blockbuster. I might go with Ocean's Eight. I, that's recency bias for sure, but it really did feel feel like a pivot for her. This is an insane answer. Go for it. I think she's very good in Interstellar. <laughs> wow! Hey, right. That's it for the rewatchables. We'll be back next week. Like, I cannot stand Matthew McConaughey sometimes. And, like, I kind of, like, forget about him. I'm just like, oh, that's an Anne Hathaway movie. Okay. I don't know. The correct answer is this is Apex Mountain. Because she becomes an A-list star. Her Mm -hmm. whole career is in front of her. Not a lot of competition in the age range she was in. And a really good actress. And I think the sky was the limit at that point for her. And she's had a good career. But I think coming off that movie, it's like, Wow, this person's like a phenomenon. Because she had carried Princess Diaries and this. Yeah, exactly. And, and she gets the Dark Knight because of it. Which, yeah. Oh, she's very good in the Dark she's Knight. Very, she's very good, good in the that. Dark Knight. Emily Blunt. Yes. Her Apex Mountains that we're asking. I haven't seen Mary Poppins yet, so right. I can't answer. I think her Apex Mountains happening right now. It's going to be Mary Poppins. She's playing against like, Manuel Miranda. The Quiet Place leading into Mary Poppins I, feels like her Apex. I wish Emily Blunt every happiness. I could not be more in her corner and I'm very nervous about Mary Poppins. Meryl Streep's also in it. I, that's I'm going to enjoy it. But being Mary Poppins, that's real. That's you're going against Julie Andrews from 50 years ago. Can I can I break some news to you? Yeah. Nobody under 40 even knows what Mary Poppins is. Okay. Well, I'm under 40, in, so no, please don't age except, me. Except people who are in the pop culture world. I don't really? think Mary Poppins is a I, thing unless I don't it's agree. like people who are really into I, it. I don't agree. I feel like my it's daughter in- has no idea what Mary Poppins. Okay, is. that's so that's okay. under fifteen then. Yeah. Under forty is different. Up to, all right, so let's go up to thirty. 
I, I, I just don't, don't think Julie Andrews, okay. Mary Poppins is a thing. I, that I, may be. I, it was definitely, I I was put in front of the TV at like age three. I'm like, here, watch Mary Poppins. And then I watched it a thousand times. put that times, on that, so. you'd be like, what, what the hell? If I put that on for my kids, they wouldn't it's know what to do. definitely, it's a bit slower, but it, what? Mary Poppins is a classic. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Not Whatever. You just don't have so musical. Yeah. Some great songs. She I should just, know. Zoe like should know about Julie Andrews. Zoe, if you're listening, request some Julie Andrews. You should. You should know by now. I don't like musicals, so okay. I'm always gonna never pass up a chance to shame them. Uh, Meryl Streep, Apex Mountain. Yes. Yeah. I. It's. So I literally I got in a fight with my husband about this because yeah. I was so excited about Devil Wears Prada and I was kind of discussing through the talking points what are the things I really need to hit and I said, you know, I think this is Meryl's greatest performance. And he was like, you can't say that on the podcast. And I was like, you are wrong. And I will not be silenced. There Zach, are- Zach, but you guys got in an actual yes, marital fight dinner, over we this? Actually got this is incredible. He was like, you can't say that in public. And I was like, I will. There are obviously, Sophie's Choice is kind of the iconic example. And if you're making a case for Meryl as kind of the most important actress or actor, the most important actor of all time, then it feels weird then to hold Devil Wears Prada up as the symbol of that. And I kind of do think Meryl's the greatest to ever do it. If you look at the entire career and the number of things that she's been able to do. I think she's the best actor ever, male or female. Yes, I agree with you. I don't know if she's the greatest, but I think she's the best. But her career is amazing. What's the difference? I don't know if there's some peak that somebody else got to that was greater. Well, like everybody always says like Brando in the fifties and sixties, like if you saw him on stage, you like basically lost your mind. I don't know if was I mean, Meryl Streep ever theater into this. Well, that's a different, I, I'm saying actor. movie. Uh, right, okay. Or movie actor. Yeah. For me, she's greatest movie actor. Theater is like a whole other thing. I wish she had made more movies that weren't so precious. Yeah. I wish like just every like eight years, she just made her like, whatever her version of Die Hard or just movies that like reach a, a lot of people. Yeah. A summer flick. But, but I'm not saying not like Iron Man 3, but uh, but just like really smart, well done movies that make money and get seen by a lot of people. I, I right, but they don't make I, those at all anymore. Maybe they don't. And she's kind of one of the only people who's still able, Devil Wears Prada kind of marks, as we were talking about, marks the point in her career where she actually is going to make those movies. And then she does Julie and Julia. She does It's Complicated, which we haven't talked about. The excellent Nancy Myers film. She does Mamma Mia. She is having more fun. But I think, you know, if you look at her career, she's doing Deer Hunter and Kramer versus Kramer. She does Sophie's Choice. She's in some of the most iconic films of the 70s and 80s. And then she becomes a bankable blockbuster star. Wins, you know, has a million Oscar nominations. It's kind of doing it all. I think she's, she's, she's the best. Well... March 2009, mm-hmm. I wrote a column about Meryl Streep for ESPN oh, wow. Magazine. And in March 2009, so that's nine and a half years ago almost, mm-hmm. I said she was the best actor ever. Okay, well, so, you're, you're, there you are. Since then, she's made like seven other movies and gotten like five more nominations. I think just from, if you're, if you're approaching this like sports, mm-hmm. it's unassailable. She's the best ever. Like her... Like, just if you did awards, whatever you wanted to, like, figure out the math of it, she's the best. I'm with you. But Um, so, in that context, does it change what you... My favorite performance of Devil Wears Prada, the best, the apex, 
I think has to be something like Sophie's Choice or. But that, but that's the hole in the case is that she doesn't have like her, the incredible mainstream awesome performance that everybody, almost like if you were an athlete, you'd be like, oh yeah, Jordan in the 92, 92 finals. The LeBron chase down block. The LeBron, like she doesn't have that kind of movie that you would go with, you know? Whereas like Brando, you just go, oh yeah, Vito Corleone. Yeah. Like she, I don't, she doesn't sure. have the Vito Corleone. I, I mean, guess Miranda's the closest. Well, Sophie's Choice is kind of that in terms of film history, nobody, et cetera. Nobody the, watches that movie, though. Yeah, but some of that is also, at some point, we're getting into kind of male roles versus female roles and films. But, and but like De Niro, yeah, De Niro, Raging Bull is the same thing. Nobody, Raging Bull's a movie you watch once, you never want to see it again. I feel like we know a lot of people who have watched it more than once, but I that's think those a separate people are conversation. Weird. I agree with you. That's, that's not a rewatchable movie. Well, I think anyway. I think back to back of uh, adaptation on the hours was really impressive. That's kind of like those. I love adaptation, and we haven't talked about that. Yeah, I love the hours. If you're gonna go just length of career, mm-hmm. durability, consistency, mm-hmm. excellence. Yeah, you're describing LeBron. But I mean, you could. She won this ten years ago. Yeah. The fact that yeah. she's still in another decade doing this, and might actually have like a whole other old lady career ahead yeah. of her when she hits like her seventies and eighties. Amazing. Uh, Stanley Tucci. It absolutely his apex. He's okay. so good. His apex is the cookbook he wrote called The Tucci Table. Oh my God. But this is second. Simon Baker. Oh my God. He's rough. <laughs> Can we, <laughs> let's just like, like I'd like to he exercise him. He's in some him. CBS shoes. He's uh, the mentalist. He's the mentalist and he's Last making a lot of money. I'm going to make the case this was Adrian Grenier's apex. No. He had Entourage what? in this movie at the same time. Entourage was his apex. This was, but this was during Entourage. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're speaking. So to he's a time on the period. mountaintop. I, it was a season two of Entourage. It was like season three. Season two is undeniably the best season of of, of Entourage. So I don't know okay. if there was a best season. It's the Mandy Moore season. It's really good. What was your unintentional comedy word? Simon Baker. You're a vision. Oh. Thank God I saved your job. <laughs> you know, I figured out a few things on my own too. Turns out I'm not as nice as you thought. I hope not. Which part? Just him being the hotshot journalist? Yeah. Every single time he's on screen, I'm like, this is not, this is not what I'm looking for in a handsome, dashing journalist. Picky nits. We covered everything except did, did Andy have to sleep with Nigel, the hotshot reporter? Did that, that actually have to happen? So. They couldn't have made out. She had to like have sex with the guy. I don't know if, I don't know if the chef's going to recover from that one. She has to be back in his room though, right? Yeah. Because she has oh, to find the mock-up. Yeah. Plot movement. I get it. I have a nitpick. Yeah. Would the list work in real life? I've often wondered about this. So the, at the very end, when she's saving her job, she presents... I can't remember the guy's name. He's supposed to be Cy Newhouse. And she presents him with a list of all of the editors, photographers, well, models... That would come with her? Writers that would come with her if she decided to leave Runway. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, we can't do it without you, so we'll keep you. Is that enforceable in real life? No. It would almost be like if I left ESPN and tried <laughs> to take everyone with me, and then not everyone came. Uh, best quote, everybody wants this, everybody wants to be us. That's all. Or she's not happy unless everyone around her is panic, nauseous, or suicidal. What's your favorite? Can I give some more? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know like, how that oh, thrills me. I like that one. The tales of your incompetence do not interest me. Mm. Um, These are all things Amanda wishes she could say to her uh, employees. I really <laughs> like, uh, please bore someone else with your questions. 
And then there's also... <laughs> i telling you. <laughs> there's a great Emily Blunt line when it's in the middle of the Harry Potter scene and Anne Hathaway is running around and she just yells, wish me luck. And Emily Blunt goes, no, I shan't in her English accent. And I think about that a lot. It's very funny. I shan't is good. No, it's I shan't. best used yeah. to shan't. So what we're learning during this podcast is Dobbins is really Anna Wintour. Yeah, or would like to be. That's where it's heading. That'd be great. Please send me all your product clothes. Unanswerable questions. This is a big one. Was Stanley Tucci's character gay? (sighs) Mm. Unanswerable. Yeah. I even did research. (laughs) I Googled, was Stanley Tucci's character gay? Devil Wears Prada. Mm -hmm. What about in the book? somebody Somebody said at one point he looks... At male models for an extra second, which signifies that he's gay. I don't remember that scene. You should be able to get an extra second. Come on. You just want to take it yeah. all in. Um, what about in the book? Is that character gay? I can't remember. I, I don't even re- really yeah. remember that character. Just say in the you book. can't answer it. Adrian Grenier. Just unanswerable. I don't understand your <laughs> question. Who would have been a better choice for that role in 2006? I would have not gone white male. That, mm. This movie was not exactly the most diverse movie. I would have a good point. made him something a little with a little pizzazz. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Like I would, young what Dave about John Chang. Cho? What about young Dave Chang? Yeah, I think like I think like John Cho in 2006 would have been good. And then it's like instead of mac and cheese, he's making like some cool Korean dish or something. Because it, it was just a chance to make the movie more interesting, and they blew it completely. Was this Meryl Streep's greatest role ever? Oh, interesting. I think yes. I, I, think, think, she- I think it's Sophie's Choice, personally. Mm. It's just like just removing all like how sure. dark that movie mm-hmm. is, but that's just a great role. Sure. I think playing Julia Child is also kind of I a was, great role. I was thinking about Julia Child. That's Who else could have played one. this part if it wasn't Meryl Streep? Is there anyone else you would have been even 70% as happy with? I mean, the answer to that is no. But if we're trying to, for the spirit of this podcast. I go Candace Bergen. That would be good. Yeah. Not in 2006, though. She's, I mean, she kind of does it in Sex and the City. If she's a Vogue editor, she's Carrie's Vogue editor at some point. She's 2006, good. no. She's too old at that point. I don't know. She's, I think in uh, Sweet Home Alabama, she kind of is in a similar position. She wouldn't have been mm-hmm. nearly as good. Where could this have gone the most wrong? Julia Roberts with aged hair to make her uh. seem 10 years older? Oh. That would have been bad. Uh, she was way too young at the time, but Sandra Bullock, I think, could have done it. Could do it like now, or like oh, in Sandra seven Bullock years. Right I don't know. Now is she it. mean enough? I think she yeah. could. I think she could. Blindside sold me on Sandra Bullock yeah. being able to throw some different sides out. I, I will fight for her in, in all moments. I love Sandra Bullock. I'm Ocean's Eight was kind of a disappointment to me in that respect. She wasn't really bringing. She wasn't having as much fun as I wanted her to be having. That was like maybe the worst role in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of people who could do this, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. So I, Kate Blanchett was one of the ones I was thinking of, but also Kate Winslet now. I don't think she could have done it in 06. I think of her as like ultimately warm-hearted. But that would have been a challenge for her. Kate Blanchett would have been good. Yeah. I don't know if Kate Blanchett had the career I wanted her to have. It's not over. I really like her in Talented Mr. Ripley. Fantastic. That's, yeah. That movie uh, is so good in that, that movie. That movie's near perfect. Is that mm-hmm. on the list? It can be. I think we should Let's add do it. it. Hey, if 
out there, people out there, if you think Mr. Ripley should be on the list, tell us. Because it's it's re- on my list, and it's on, I'll, mine it's too. on our list. I'll just tell you, my wife watches it over and over sure. and over. And I over mean, and over Jude again. Law is just stunning, and that then it's good really, Italy scenes, really good movie. Matt Damon's super creepy, so really creepy. creepy, super creepy. Yeah. Also, a cool role for Philip Seymour Hoffman. He doesn't often get to be like the voice of reason or like the rational guy. So, like that was fun. Mm-hmm. Pussy gets the Tommy has the peeping. <laughs> Has the peep it, Tommy. <laughs> and also, Gwyneth Paltrow is just like also stunning. It's a really good movie. Yeah. So she comes off as a, as a big winner in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so does, there's like five people that just win in that. And then the other thing is he's in Rounders and Mr. Ripley the same year. Amazing. And those are two completely different yeah. parts. That's a really good one. Uh, who won the movie? Oh, it's no contest. Any... Nothing to discuss. Well, yeah. who, how about this? Who lost? Who was the number two winner of the movie? Emily Blunt. I think Corey Hathaway. Hathaway. I'm going Hathaway. I Anne Hathaway did well. I mean, if we're talking kind of in real world, as you already said, her career, this proves her as a mainstream lead I'm going to blow your mind. Hathaway, yeah? Hathaway was number two winner. Okay. Much harder part. Emily Blunt, easy part. She said to be a bitch. Is it? Yeah, she has easy such, part. She, she brings such she pizzazz to it. I think other people could have done that. Not like her. Giselle could have done it. Right. But also, (laughs) if we're making the argument that that this movie starts careers, then it starts Emily Blunt's as well as Anne Hathaway's. That's true. So maybe they can tie. Eventually she met John Krasinski. Right. They, I think, might stay together. They've moved at the right pace together. There was a time there when I thought she might have passed... Krasinski and he might be in trouble, but now I th- now I feel like they're on the same level still. Can I share they one stay more together. piece of half-assed internet research? Yeah, please. John Krasinski has apparently watched The Devil Wears Prada seventy-five times. So John Krasinski and I are tied. Actually, so do you think he kept watching this movie? It's like someday I'm going to date Emily Blunt. I don't. I don't know. Do you watch movies and think realistically I will date that person? I guess in the nineteen seventies I did. I really thought I had a chance at Gwyneth Paltrow in the 1990s. Incredible. I had stuff. no money and, and so no, no, no way to really get her good. at all. But I was like, I love the white shadow and her dad did the white shadow. And yeah. at some point I'm going to run into her. I'm going to talk white shadow. It's going to be on. Until Black Panther, I really thought I had a chance with Michael B. Jordan. But he's now, too famous now. now the Black Panther just ended it. Until <laughs> until then, I really thought I had a chance. Well, he's coming on the pod in November. He'll probably do it on a with, day I'm not here. intern yeah. taking notes, Julia Lippman. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Juliet's here. She's just going to be jotting down some notes, MBJ. Gwyneth uh, Paltrow and Michael B. Jordan, you guys are really inspiring. So next week, Jaws, the highlight nice. of uh, Sean Fantasy's life. And Chris Ryan's. Chris and Ryan's Chris favorite Ryan's movie. Life. I love Jaws. Well, this was fun. Did we do all right? Was this meet this your was, expectations? This was a really rewarding professional experience. Thank you. This was this was worth the many years that I've been toiling in this industry. Right. Amanda, thank you. Juliet, thank you. Zach, thank you. That's all. One last thing, if you love to score amazing deals and incredible hotels, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool top-rated hotels, even though their names. Hotel Tonight, you can also book in advance for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's easy. 10 seconds, three taps, and a swipe. Get the Hotel Tonight app right now. Start scoring amazing deals and incredible hotels. Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need see you on July 4th on this feed, Jaws. 
That's when we're dropping it, July 4th. Be ready. Until then.